so we're continuing our series on the women of the Bible, and Richard had no option whatsoever than to give me this particular lady. He dare not give me any other. He's, she, Ruth is my absolute favorite woman of the Bible. She is such an inspiration, not only to women, as we'll find out. She's an inspiration to us all. She changed history. As I put there, she's not an ordinary person. Oh, sorry. (laughs) She is an ordinary person, but she has extraordinary qualities. Just trying to find Ruth in the Bible. Won't be a minute. (laughs) It's because I've got... Thank you. I've got so many bookmarks. They're all going to come flooding out if I... (laughs) If I try and do it any other way, there we go. So, the book of Ruth. It's a love story, but not only that, it also holds important uh, genealogy. There we go. I'm going to whiz through the book of Ruth. Okay. I could have really been mean to you and read the entire book to you. Notice Richard gives me a book, not just a person. That's dangerous, but hey-ho, he trusts me. By the way, he's speaking at the Minster today. That's why he's here. He hasn't chosen not to come because I'm speaking. (laughs) I just thought I'd slip that in. So here we have in chapter one, Naomi travelled with her husband and two sons to Moab, to um, avoid a famine. So there was a famine, and they're on a journey. The boys marry Moabite girls, and then tragedy strikes. The boys and Naomi's husband all die. Now, that's the synopsis of just 10 years there. All right, so that all happened in 10 years. Didn't happen in one day, but that's what's happened. So Naomi decides to return to her homeland of Bethlehem alone. However, Ruth one of the daughter-in-laws, insists on staying with her and adopting Naomi's God as her own. In chapter 2, we see Ruth gleaning, that is, picking up leftover grain after the harvesters have gone through the field. And in the field, um, there is the, it belongs to uh, Naomi's relative, Boaz. And Boaz out, Boaz, out of compassion and obedience to the law, allows Ruth to glean, but also leaves a little extra for her, deliberately. There's something brewing here already, I feel. Chapter 3. Isn't it good the way I can just go through chapters? I could have done Psalms. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 3. Naomi encourages Ruth to seek marriage with Boaz because he is a kinsman redeemer. Come back to that bit later. Ruth obeys Naomi and asks her for rights, and Boaz agrees, but mentions that there must be, he must be sure that there's nobody else first, um, so that he has that right of marrying. And then in chapter 4, Ruth and Boaz are married. And Ruth conceives a son named Obed, the grandfather of great King David. So Ruth is the great-grandmother of David, And in Matthew 1, we see that she was the great to the 29th power to Jesus. Significant. 
Out of those listed in Matthew 1, there were 48 men and five women. One of these women was Ruth. That's how significant this lady is. But before we look at Ruth's journey, I just want to look at, uh, and we're, we're going to look at the journey, but we're also going to look at her qualities, which led to her destiny. Her destiny wasn't looking too good at the time, at, this, this, at the first chapter. wasn't looking too rosy. But we're going to look at her qualities and what, how that changed. Before I do, I want to briefly focus on Naomi. Now, Naomi was in despair. She wasn't fighting a person or a thing, but she was fighting her consequences, the way she found herself in, and it wasn't her fault. She found herself in consequences. The reality of her situation wasn't good. There she was with no husband, no sons, two daughter-in-laws that didn't, weren't her nationality either. She was in a situation which for her was a moment of despair. Naomi had left the promised land. She'd gone to a country which didn't really like who she was, her particular nationality. They were the enemies of Israel. And when they were there, her husband and sons died. So here we have a widow. She's in the foreign land. She's got a daughter-in-law. So much despair. You can almost feel there is a miracle about to happen. God does not take us into times of despair without him having a miracle just round the corner and it's up to us whether we turn that corner and take hold of that miracle this morning I want to ask are you in a place of despair we've just sung death has been defeated by love do you believe that Death has been defeated by love. If you are in a place of despair, this is an opportunity this morning for you to say to God, God, let me see you do a miracle in my life today. Don't let your situation blind you to what God has for you in your life. And I'm not belittling the situations that people find themselves in. But Naomi was in a horrendous situation. Yet God had a miracle for her. If you have gone off the path or, or you've, you just can't work out how on earth you're going to make your, make your way back. Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Don't try and understand it. In your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Amen. If you need your path making straight again, call upon him. When appearances are all to the contrary, he is the one that can get you back on track. So, Amy. There you go. Ruth. Ruth considers going back after hearing that the famine in the promised land is over. So she's thinking about going back with Naomi. Naomi pleads with her daughters to stay. She, she really doesn't want to upset 
um, their lifestyle, that it's, it's their home. Why would they want to come back with her to a foreign land? She pleads with them to stay. And Naomi asks her again and again, Orpah says, yes, okay, I get it. I'm going to stay. No, Orpah. Ruth to stay. <laughs> Have I said it wrong? Oh, <laughs> oh thank you. <laughs> I can do without that. <laughs> so Naomi's asking Ruth and Orpah to stay and stay. And Orpah says, okay, I tell you what, I'm going to stay. And Ruth says the most amazing words. And we had this as our wedding because it is also a song. She says, but Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Church, we belong to each other. That verse is ours Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Don't ask me to turn my back on you, because I won't. Because we're church, we belong to each other. Naomi could see her determination, so she didn't ask her again, and Ruth stayed. Sorry, Ruth stayed with Naomi. So Ruth was leaving her homeland, her roots, her place of a family. Do we have the determination like Ruth? Her determination. Ruth had an attitude of determination. Have we got Ruth's determination? If so, do we use it for the good? It's great having determination. But is it the right kind of determination? Oh boy, do I have determination, trust me. And most of you will vouch for that. Sometimes it's not necessarily (laughs) for the good. I think it is. And then my eyes are open and God has to humble me and say, Carolyn, you got it wrong. And I have to just, but I have that determination. Is it for the good? We need to nurture our determination and focus How can we focus our determination to be good? We can do this in three ways. The first way is focus our determination on God's word. If we do not know the word of God, we haven't got the manual on how to live. If you buy a car in the old days, you got a manual shoved in the glove box. Easy fix, ways to easy fix your car. I can't remember the the book I bought when I got my first car. I think it was the the idiot's guide or something to mending a car. Well, this isn't an idiot's guide. This is who we are. This is our manual of life. We need to take hold of that and read it, take it in, digest it. Because it's when the enemy comes that we can fight him with scripture. He can't argue against that. If we do not know scripture, how can we argue? Well, we determined who we are through the word. And as that's in our thoughts, so it is also then in our decisions. 
because we see it through the filter of the word, through the filter of the Bible, our decisions are then made. Do you see where that links? If we have that determination and our determination comes through the word, that can only be good. And it will affect our decision making. The next one is God's will. How determined are we to let go of our desires to seek what God has for us? We're bombarded with things of this world. I do a body image session for um, Beverly College, well, East Riding College. And in my um, session, I, I say to them, did you know that we are bombarded with 400 adverts a day? That's just on the television. 400 adverts a day. That's not even social media or anything else that's linked with that. 400 a day. Now, I didn't know Jonty was going to be here this morning until very recently. But I, I do actually mention this as well in my, my thing, so that'll be news to you. When he was three, he had a cold. And he came to me and he said, Mum! I need tunes. I said, I beg your pardon. He said, I need some tunes. So I said, why? And he says, because tunes help you breathe more easily. That was the strap line on the television. Now, I didn't realise that my three-year-old was catching on to all these things in the background of the television. Because I didn't say to him, now you sit down and you listen to all these adverts and I want you to quote them when you next get a cold. I didn't do that, but he picked up on it. Can I just put a word of warning out there? Your three-year-olds, your young children, your teenagers, no. Social media, take care. If you haven't done, if you've got teenagers or you're involved in youth and you haven't done the... Um, being aware of the web stuff, please do it. Please do it. So, renew your mind and withstand the things that come against us. By doing this, we will find his will for our lives. And if you feel the world is crushing in on you, this is for you. Go to God's word and find your life in the word because it's there. The next one, God's war. How determined are you to fight his war? It says here in Ephesians, Therefore take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all, to stand. David wore ridiculous armour and he couldn't stand. Don't wear someone else's armour. Don't go behind somebody else and say, that's okay because they'll protect me. You have to stand in your armour. And that way you can withstand what the enemy has for you. This could be in a way of temptation. Or you could have um, a relational issue. So you want revenge. These are not natural thoughts. These are spiritual thoughts. 
And therefore, the weapons need to be spiritual weapons that we fight against that. And the word can give us that. Ephesians carries on to talk about when we are in our armor, we have truth, we have righteousness, we have peace, we have faith, we have salvation, we have God's word, we have prayer. All of those things will help us keep on that straight road, be determined to walk. Parents, be determined to fight for your children. Be determined to fight for them. If you know God has a plan for their lives, and he has, keep praying into that, into that situation. Many children have come through this church. Many now are they're in uni or they're married and they've moved away. But many, many children have come through this church. Sid and Helen. I met Nathaniel the other day when he just got back from, I think he was snowboarding. But I don't know where he found any snow. But anyway. I had the most amazing conversation with him. He was lovely, and he's a real credit to you, and I wanted to say that to you right now. But I know he's had words over his life, as has Naomi. Keep praying over those words. Don't let go that God has... Don't, don't think that God has moved on even though they have. Keep praying into those lives. Keep praying over those words. There are times when we experience times of closeness to God and we give them all. Lord, I follow you. I'm following you every day. I let go of everything. I give you my house, my children, uh, my work, everything. No, you don't, you don't really want me to move, do you? I'm really happy where I am. It's a lovely house. I've only just got the kitchen sorted, I wish. But God, you can't take my children away from me. Not that far. I only meant round down the road. I didn't mean Africa. Do we give God everything? Or do we do that sort of, yes, God, I'm, I'm here for you and I give you my all. But, you know, if you could keep a few things normal, that would be really good. And the things I really treasure and love. We can't have these things. But we shouldn't be giving God a promise with ultimations. It's all. Ruth had a heart of devotion. Next one. So an attitude of determination, but also a heart of devotion. Ruth and Naomi are now going back to Bethlehem and they're in need of provision, they're in need of food. And Ruth, the Moabitess, said to Naomi, Let's go to, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone whose eyes I can find favour. And Ruth recognises the need and she steps in. She steps in. Do we recognise needs? Do we step in? Or are we there thinking, oh, I'll just let somebody else do that. It's not really my forte. Oh, I don't really know them. I won't send them a text. Oh, I don't want to encourage them. don't want them to think that, you know, I'm a bit weird. Ruth recognises a need and she steps up to the mark. By doing this, it then leads her to where Boaz fields are. And this again, do you think that's a coincidence? No, not a bit. Not a bit. However, she didn't know 
that this was a Holy Spirit-led encounter. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. We can see how our lives pan out because of hindsight. Ruth just did what she felt was obedient to do. She looked for work. She found work. She found those fields. Those fields opened up to her. They were Boaz's. This was no coincidence. Ruth was stepping out in God's will, and it was confirmation. Look for signs that you are stepping out in God's will. Look for those signs, those doors opening. Are you where you should be? Do you feel you are where you should be? Ruth is now in unfamiliar territory. So first name he was, and now Ruth has become this almost visitor. She continues to make scraps or collect scraps behind the workers. She was so good that in one day she gathered two lots of wheat or of of food. Two weeks worth of wages. People took notice of her because she worked so diligently. And especially Boaz, who has asked his workers to, to look out for her, make sure she's safe and leave a little bit more than they would normally. Ruth's devotion caused people to notice. Being a servant in the kingdom is way up there. Daniel, David, and Jesus himself said, I came not to be served, but to serve. And in Romans fourteen sixteen, we read, Therefore, Do not let your good be spoken as of evil, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable by God and approved by men. We are judged by the way we serve. The calendar quote, I've got a calendar at work, and my quote on Friday was, leaders are those who do the right thing when no one is watching. I would say amen to that. In everything, be exalted, we've sung this morning. In everything, be exalted. And on staying at work to finish a job, which I often do, um, a colleague said to me, they don't think any, anything more of you if you stay. Now that was an interesting thing. Clearly she thought I was staying so that people saw. But actually, for me, personally, in everything, be exalted. Do 100% at work, not 89. We work in attendance. 90% of attendance is not acceptable. Not. (laughs) It's 100%. That's what's acceptable. Many people here are saying, well, I serve with a faithful heart, but I'm just not seeing God's favor. Be encouraged by Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And if you think about it like that, you will want to work. 100%. Often we have the feeling, or when I used to work for Kingston Communications, I used to think, well, I'm lining their pockets. 
actually, I will clock off at five o'clock whether I finished a project or not. Because, you know, it's it. But I work for the local authority now, so it's completely different. You pay my wages, and I honour that. Thank you very much. But 100% is what's required from us. Because as we are working for the Lord, we should have that mindset. And if Ruth hadn't served in the way she did, she would never have been noticed by Boaz. Even though she was on his property, she wouldn't have most probably been noticed by him. But because she was diligent in her work, he noticed her. And thereby, she reached her destiny. God may be equipping you, and you're resisting him. Because you're, you want to be in a different field to where he wants you to be. Okay, desire for redemption. Ruth would not have met her destiny if she hadn't been redeemed by Boaz. Redemption requires a willing redeemer and a faithful servant. Boaz was the willing redeemer. Ruth was the faithful servant. And in chapter 3, Naomi gives Ruth advice to go and and, um, let Boaz know that he is her kingsman redeemer. So kingsman redeemer is when a man died without children, his widow married his brother or the nearest relative to carry on the family, as it were. So guarded the family's inheritance and provided for the widow, who may therefore be desperate. Ruth had to step out in faith to show Boaz that she was willing for him to be the redeemer. She, could, she had to actually go to him. That meant moving. That means stepping out. Are we willing to step out with something that we have, we know is right, but we know may change the whole um, aspect of who we are? It changed Ruth by doing that. She could have been rejected. He could have said to her, well, who are you? You just glean in my fields. What are you doing here asking me to be your redeemer? But she didn't. She pushed through. The desire for redemption. Ruth had to step out in faith, showing that Boaz was willing to to be her redeemer, the redeemer. And Boaz pursued. By that, he had to go to the redeemer, the closest relative, because there was somebody else. There was somebody in the way. There was another relative down the road. And he potentially was the first in line to have Ruth, not Boaz. So he had to go to that person and say, would you be taking Ruth on as a Kingsman Redeemer? And he says, no. And by that, he gave him his sandal. Not sure what he was going to do with one sandal. However, he gave him a sandal and Boaz came home going, look, I've got his sandal. That means I've got Ruth, basically. Weird custom, but that's what they did. That's fine. Jesus is our redeemer. We have sung, crowned with majesty, our redeemer. Do we really understand some of the words that we sing or do we just sort of carry on? Jesus, our redeemer. Ruth stepped out in, uh, sorry, Jesus was our redeemer and he chose to pursue each one of us. He is willing to redeem us. He promises us 
the Holy Spirit who can help us redeem in areas of lives that we need changing for the better. And in 1 Corinthians here, it says, you are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your body. Ruth and Boaz were married and the son was called Obed. Ruth's destiny was to be the great grandmother of David in the line of Jesus. She didn't know that. When she followed Naomi, she was just being obedient and she was wanting to be, um, she just knew it was the right thing. She wanted to stay with Naomi. We can be in our destiny, walking in God's will for our lives because he has the because we have the confidence of knowing that we are redeemed by the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Ruth was called by God to do something much greater than anyone else expected. And her story demonstrates God's unfailing love and faithfulness. She was indeed an an ordinary person, but with extraordinary qualities. So just want to ask the worship team just to come up and that's why we do this bit. And just while the just while the worship team just play something we just want let's everyone just stand if, if you can stand with me. There's so much in this story. There's so much in Ruth. I struggled to try and just put those small points together. There's just so much. And I could have, I thought it was a bit unfair asking me to do it for only a week. I could have done it a week a chapter. But I just feel that there is time for us to be different from how we came in this morning. And if you have recognised anything that we've looked through today in the story of Ruth, if you have recognised despair and you need a miracle in your life, as as Naomi had, then now is the time. If you want to recommit your attitude of determination because you know maybe you've gone to the side and it's, it's waned, it wasn't quite as fresh as when you first knew that touch of God. Has that determination just gone down a bit? Do you need that retouch of the attitude of determination? Do we need to change our focus on reading the Bible and and therefore get to grips of the will of God in your life? Now is the time to look at that. Now is the time to recommit to serve to a new passion. And whether that's a new employer, new church, new family, that's fine. It's what God wants for you. Do you know God's will? Recommit to serve. Recommit to serve to the church, to your employer, to your family. If you've lost sight of, I've given up, they're never going to come to church. I might as well just carry on. No, recommit.
give 100% and see that blessing, see that harvest in your family. And have you recognized things maybe that you would like changing for the better? Now is the time. And the prayer team's available to to walk you through that process. Or myself and Sean and Natalie, any of us, we would find it an absolute privilege to, to change the way you have come in this morning. Lord, I just ask that you will meet with us as we stand together. Your church. May you meet with each one of us and help us to achieve that attitude of determination, the heart of devotion and a desire for redemption as we walk closer with you.